refusing to speak. Except the way you were staring, I thought if I let it go long enough that you might try to blow up my head. No, no, I would... That's a very... Aggress... So, here's the question. If a crazy person actually thinks... Uh, I mean, they're crazy because they think this would actually work. But if a person who, for whatever problems of their own internal logic, believes they have the ability, if they focus hard enough to blow up your head, tries to blow up your head, is that some form of attempted murder? Or at least... I mean, I know it's not like a crime, but... I think you can't be charged with attempted murder by doing something that literally could not murder a person. Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. But, I mean, you can shame that person. Or you should... Like, they should feel like a... Like, if a 12-year-old points a wand at you and goes, like, Avada Kedavra, that... To the slammer, that little shit. Not for murder or anything, just for being a little creep nerd. Um, Unlike... The, the the nerds in this show and all of our talk about blowing up heads a totally cool guy like me who doesn't like nerdy things was watching the X-Files the other night an episode where Brian Cranston was the guest oh and I didn't know Brian Cranston was on the X-Files he was he was playing a uh, racist hillbilly I yeah I really nailed that he was great at it his wife's head exploded uh, because he didn't drive west fast enough and so uh, he had basically kidnapped Mulder and was forcing him to drive at gunpoint west as fast as he could because a secret Navy experiment uh, to do long-distance communications, like radio communications, apparently broadcast in such a frequency uh, that it hit the the resonant frequency of the skulls of everyone in the area that would explode if they didn't go towards some undefined point. To, to and they had to keep moving that way. Wait, so wait, was it working on Mulder too, or only on the Red? No, he yeah. showed up later. <laughs> so it's a, it just it like it builds up. I don't want to see they, the science behind off. this. Okay, yeah. they they turn it on for like thirty seconds, and everyone's heads explodes, and maybe somewhere not thinking about it. I don't know. It's it's the X Files. I I don't have to believe anything that's happening in the show because my suspension of disbelief is already blown away by how handsome that Mulder is. Uh, You know, this is uh, I'm more familiar with that with uh, what David Duchovny is that how you say his name? That is how you say his name. Yeah, it's funny. I've seen more episodes of Californication, which is definitely not his more famous show, than I have of the X Files. Which is, and that show is literally just David Duchovny go, like bangs different hot chicks in California. That's the entire show. I'm trying to not be any more judgmental than the tension my voice is betraying. If there was like a room full of a hundred people, all of whom had, I I, I don't mean to to cast aspersions. Just out here, with it. But say you know we're we're to have isolating childhoods with a distinct lack of social connectivity that forced them to escape in the realms of sci-fi and fantasy. Among those, I would look at you and be like, he's probably the guy that's watched the most X-Files. Imagine being like five and you, like, you're like you flipping through the channels and there's the show where like people are being vivisected or eaten alive or yeah. whatever. Like, th- that's nightmare. Like It's not like terrible. Like, it's not like it gave me... It's just like you're like, oh, this is... This is- <laughs> I, I th- I'm pretty sure I saw the film, the, the, the Toby Hooper classic Life Force, when I was five. I didn't remember any of it, 
probably because I was traumatized by a movie that was about sexy naked space vampires coming to Earth acting as, I mean, they're vampires, but they also like drain energy out of a body in the way you might imagine a succubus would. And there's all sorts of scary skeleton things exploding and then they cause the end of the earth. And I didn't know I'd seen that until years later, maybe like two years ago, I watched it again and had fucking flashbacks of these yes. images that were locked away in my brain. And so, yeah, I don't know. I turned out fine. Well, no, I mean, I have a with me, it was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I oh, was hell like, yeah. I made that movie up. There's no way that a clown comes out of a toilet no way, and, dog. like, eats someone. That's something that was, like, some weird there were some weird childish, I had had too much sugar, and I just made that shit up in a dream. But nope. This is a Big Bang Theory theory. <laughs> We've not even mentioned the show yet because we're too pop up about our stupid subculture, or pop culture garbage. I'm Kyle. Hi, I'm Nick. We watched a show that's less interesting than any of the things that we'd much rather be talking about right now. Yeah. But this is this is what you signed up for. Not literally, but if you're if you're listening, you're making us do this. Yeah, we 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 don't want to do this. Like this is like doing podcasts are just what happens when life didn't work out how you thought it would. And as soon as we have something better to 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 occupy our time with, the show's fucking done. All right, but for now. You're welcome. Yeah, you'd be grateful for the episodes we give you. Millions of Americans have been out there watching the show for years, and I presume they're all dead, because I've never met anyone who likes it. <laughs> um, so we're we're just doing our best to, to let everyone know about the horrors they're avoiding. This episode was fine. Yeah, all right. That's, well, it's two weeks until the next episode. <laughs> Thanks. No, it's... I don't know. This one is frustrating in a way that I think other ones... Different from other episodes I've seen because I felt I felt engaged. By the way, the episode basically is about Leonard and Sheldon getting in a fight because they worked on a project together. They get invited to present their paper about it. Sheldon doesn't want to because he's a chode. Leonard does. There. We'll get into details. That's, that's the crux of the episode. And the title of the episode? Ah. Ah. So, the, for the record, the episode, episode 9, season 1, is the Cooper-Hofstadter polarization. I think that might be the best episode title yet. Yeah, I mean, polarization, they, they're like at opposite, repelled by each other, you know. It's relevant it's to the actual names. theme of the episode, isn't just a shitty nonsense reference to a random throwaway line. Yeah. I'm satisfied. Yeah, no. I, I feel yeah. proud of these writers now. Well, okay. Come on. Yes, that's fair. Yeah. Someone was like... Get on my side well, on if, this if one. only because I can imagine them sitting around being like, okay, shit, we've used all of the... What? They're fighting. And then some, some guy, you're right, must have been like, they're polarized. And then everybody, there was like a long silence and someone stood up. And he pushed his glasses up his face and he went, my God. We should probably actually talk about the show, huh? No, no. I refuse. <laughs> the yeah, goal of this episode, we're just going to see how long we can go oh, without but- making, with only making elliptical references. So, for instance, what we just had, this moment we just had, is kind of like a scene that was maybe in this episode, but I'm not going to tell you where, where Penny makes a joke... It was the joke about the magazine. The only person in the episode who told a joke? <laughs> no, there's a much better joke in the episode. That no, actually, well... Penny, or Sheldon is 
down at the mail and he's like, oh, Penny's like, hey, did you get anything good in the mail? Which is a weird question to ask someone, which is I feel like why Sheldon is a little put off by being like, no, just my uh, just my magazine, uh, Experimental Physics Quarterly. She's like, huh, it's weird. You got yours. I didn't get mine. And he just stares at her. Kind of like I'm staring at you right now. Yes. Well, kind of, yeah, kind of like I was staring at you earlier with the polarization thing. Yes. I was and then little... he makes a noise. He does. We had the captions on and it was translated as, ha ha. Realistically, it was more of a, <laughs> like, like a, a nervous squeak. I thought it sounded like a cat choking on a furball. That was like the closest. It was like, <laughs> yeah, I think that is closer actually. And also, I, I just remembered something that I was thinking of before we got carried away spiraling in the nonsense, which is I thought this episode was strange in that I found it engaging, at the same time not really that interesting or entertaining. Like, it's not like some episodes where it's really, it's dull and frustrating and everyone's mean. It was like, oh, this is totally fine. And then the episode ends, and I can't imagine being someone watching this in 2008 for the first time, looking forward to the show and being like, ah, yes. My favorite kooks, back at it again. What an exciting week this was, and I can't wait for the next one. It's just like, it's just such blah. Not bad. It's just blah. Well, they set up what's actually a pretty interesting conflict, right? Because they get invited to give a speech. Hofstetter, Leonard finds out, Leonard finds out that... (laughs) Finds a piece of trap. Leonard finds a pat. I'm I'm starting over because you're going to edit this. So sure Leonard, I will. yeah, Leonard finds a piece of mail in the trash can, and he's like, "Wait, what is this? Oh, it's an invitation to give a speech. How come I didn't know about this?" And Sheldon is like, "Because I thought it was dumb, and we should not go." And Leonard's like, "I want to go anyway. That's an interesting conflict." Yeah, and I they think, never explain why Sheldon doesn't want to go in a way that was satisfying to me, but we'll oh, hold off on that for a no, moment. No, let's not hold off on that, because you're saying it's not really well explained. I thought it was clear, if not kind of dumb, which is Leonard wants to go because he's excited about the work he did and wants to go present it. And, you know, to an extent, he, he just wants to impress people and get praise. But, you know, they, they did this paper. It was popular. It was good. And he, he's excited about that. And that, that's fine. Sheldon, on the other hand feels that his accomplishment and the genius that he's bringing into the world should be obvious and he shouldn't have to go around explaining his work to people that anyone else in his field should see what he's accomplished and go, "Mm, yes, that's good, thank you. And that any other work that may be involved in understanding it is on their end and that he's superior and doesn't need to waste his time with it. Like, that seems like the most Sheldon way to handle something like that. Well, but presumably he still wants, like, praise and congratulations for it. So the motivations do get muddier because he does later reveal that that's the case. And so he is being weird and shitty about it. Yeah, because he's not like, oh, the work is enough in itself. It's like he obviously it's important to him that people know how smart he is. He just doesn't want that to take the form of him giving a public acceptance speech where people – I mean, it's literally like – it's like if someone said to you, hey, here's an event that only exists to validate how clever you were in the past. You don't even have to do anything impressive now. And you're just like, no. Well, I think he wants the accomplishment to be so readily acknowledged that he doesn't have to go out of his way to explain why it should be acknowledged. Wait, he wants people to, like, knock on his door, like, having made a pilgrimage? Well, it's out there. They published the paper. Like, what I'm thinking about now is, in my own shitty, terrible life, thinking about times when you 
you are doing a comedy show and someone tells you that your show was very funny. Uh, not so funny that they laughed, but they enjoyed it and they really liked the jokes. That's the, the automatic perfect acceptance of it to prove that your work was good was just for them to laugh. If they have to explain it more beyond that, then it's like, oh, it really wasn't. That's, And I feel like it's kind of like that where he's like, I did this thing. It's great. People should just recognize it. We shouldn't have to parse out why it did or didn't work right. I'm a genius. Suck my dick. Thank you. Like that's, I think, where he's at. Okay. Except he doesn't. He never tells anyone to suck his dick. He does say bite. No, me, that would be I mean, which is about as edgy as he gets. I have to admit, as as far as the speech goes, God. going up to the podium, I'm a genius. Fuck. Suck my dick. Bye. No. I've set my standards too high for the rest of the show now because like, no matter how long this podcast goes on, every episode I'm just going to want – I'm just going to be waiting for Sheldon to turn to the camera and just suck my dick. Like I want that I want that to be his catchphrase. Like Penny's going to – show imagine him saying that now. Yeah. It's really funny. I just want Penny to show up and be like, hey, guys, what are you doing? Oh, a stupid toy, huh? And he just fucking looks at her and just like, suck my dick and everyone laughs. And the episode closes. Yeah. That was it. And then, like, one of the season finales is going to be this big turnaround where Penny gets her justice there and goes, Suck my dick. And Sheldon cries because it hurts so bad. And he has to think about all the lives that he's damaged with his callous insults. Uh, (sighs) What I wanted to see was what is, like, what is life like inside that apartment when Sheldon and Leonard don't get, like, really are not getting along? There wasn't much of that. But they deliberately cut away from, like, that part, which is the whole, like, they cut, they literally, they cut to, like, Leonard and Penny having a conversation, like, you're not getting along with Sheldon, huh? And then Sheldon and Penny having a conversation, and it's been like, so why can't you and, you know, Leonard patch things up when I want to see, basically, I want to see how Sheldon fucks with Leonard when he's mad at him, and vice versa. That, that, I feel like, is is where the prime material that we were missing was. I 99% agree with you. I think the only difference there is I'm willing to accept that the penny needed to be used in this episode as a way of translating issues between two people who don't have the emotional maturity to deal with it on their own. And these oh, coaxing. well, we do definitely see that. But I, I think you're right that it might be more interesting for them to just have to fight it out without that. But if we didn't have Penny doing that... We wouldn't both get to acknowledge that she was wearing a pretty fucking cool jacket in this episode that we both really liked. It was a very good jacket. Yeah. It had it was pink and had rainbows and clouds on it and shit, and I don't know why. It just looked real good. We we turned to each other during the episode to acknowledge how much we liked the jacket. Yes. Best part of the episode. But here's the price we paid for that. The price we paid for that was there was like a five to six minute bit. I'd already forgotten it. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> that was literally just Penny goes through Leonard's closet and literally shits on every single outfit yeah. that he has in his closet. Which is not, like, that's not a bad bit. Like, I get it. He's a nerd. He doesn't know how to dress. It was, it was all, it, it, it basically told itself in, like, the first two seconds of the joke. Like, yeah. she pulls out the first thing. She's like, oh, this is ugly. You should throw it away. Don't donate it. And it's like, okay. That's, yes, of course, he has bad taste. She doesn't get it. And then they kept that. It was literally just like, and here's another outfit I don't oh, approve no. of that you should get rid of. And here's another outfit. Yeah, and, and there was there was no turn or anything that would suggest there was a joke. 
Yeah, there's no. It's not like in you know, like in the rule of three, where it's like ex- increasing escalation, where no. like the the outfits get more and more outlandish. There is a Battlestar Galactica flight suit in there, but that's more of a non sequitur than a like. So we're done with that part. That's dead and buried. Unless yes. you have anything else you want to talk about with the shitty clothes scene. Well, I do. So I want to introduce a new segment. Okay. All right. So I want to introduce a new segment, new theme music, because this is going to be... This is basically I'm folding a recurring segment into this. This new segment, we're doing it right now, spontaneously. Well, I want to tell you ahead of time that I do not have any other public domain music readily queued up, and so you're making me do more work, and I'm going to be resentful through this new game. That's a price I'm I'm willing for you to pay. So the new segment is best nerd thing in the episode. Best nerd, cool nerd artifact thing in the episode. And oh, this week's winner you, you is goon. the bottled city of Candor, which is in Leonard's closet, which he actually explains quite well. She finds it. She's like, what is this? It's a little snow globe city. And he's like, oh, that's the bottled city of Candor. It's Superman's, you know, cut, you know, basically uh, Krypton's capital city was Candor. It was miniaturized by Brainiac. Now, now it's a little miniature city that Superman keeps in the Fortress of Solitude. Oh, that was great. I wanted one. I want one. All the numerous fans of the show who wonder if what they can get me, I would, I would definitely love my own replica bottle city of Candor. That would be a great uh, gift. When we were watching the episode, we, we, we really don't talk to each other a lot during it because we, we don't like each other. We, like I said, we're doing this to just to fill a void in our heart that the rest of the world isn't really taken care of. Uh, and apparently that void in Kyle's heart could be filled by the bottle city of Candor because he did squeal and jump when it came Dude, on screen. I've never seen. I mean, the second, like, he said what it was, I was like, oh, of course. You know, most of the things in the show, I'm like, oh, that's just some nerdy bullshit that they, like, looked up on eBay. And I'm sure the that is, too. But I've literally never seen a replica bottle city of Candor before. And now that I have seen one, I can never unsee the possibility of owning one. That's pretty sweet. It was big too. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice. It fits perfectly on. It's about to scale. Yeah, it could it could be turned into a pretty sweet snow globe. Yeah. Maybe the snow could be ash to represent the destruction of the city. You know, if it were not shrunken and saved. Yes. Well, really, actually, in the finale of the Big Bang Theory, what you find out is it's really Sheldon is just in a hospital holding the bottle city of Candor, and that's what they've all been inside the whole time. And then you zoom out to that and find that the entire St. Elsewhere universe was itself contained within its own bottled city. Yes. Somehow. That was the reference I was making. Yeah, I know, and you were just making the reference, and I tried to expand on it. Why would you... Like... Ah... Does everyone can make the same elsewhere reference? All right, I tried to add a layer to it, but your layer piece was of shit. shit. <laughs> I just want to say he's not doing it. Like I'm not afraid for my life, but because we're both because we're both fidgeters by nature, and we both tend to like pick up random objects that are on the table. To this week, Nick's security fidget toy this whole time has been a corkscrew slash pocket knife, and he's just been sort of waving it happily through the air while he talks and gesticulates, and at no point did I ever feel that my life was in danger, but at that moment, there was, like, a corkscrew inches from my face while we were having this animated discussion. Okay, I'm gonna have to create two theme songs, because the first one will be for this segment we just did. Yes. And I'll be very quick about mine so I can get to the next segment, which is a recurring segment that just needs to be formally formally acknowledged. So my favorite nerd thing in this episode was during the non-sequitur cold opening, 
They are very excited about being able to send their, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, their internet signal. They were talking about the packets all the way around the world and back to them to turn on a remote lamp. And then they open up public and other people around the world can access it and they start turning on all the lamps off and on. Penny comes in and she says, why would you do that? And they say, because we can. And I'm like, that's great. And she thinks it's stupid. And I hate her for that part. And that's all super good fun. That was my favorite part. And then it gets, it sucks when the, all the little toy monster yeah, trucks with cameras weird. on them. Yeah, they all start driving up to Penny to try to look up her skirt. Great. So that, that's I mean, my that's not, not how the internet works. So it's not, it's totally still real. It's as plausible as anything else, but it was sad. Yeah, I think you're right there. I can't. I can't say that it's not realistically pervy. It's just a bummer. It's a sad reflection of our society. And also, of course, one of the cars turns out to be driven by Wallowitz. Hashtag fuck Wallowitz. He is a creep. Yes, he is. That's not his only creep moment. We'll get we'll get to the other one. But so the second one, the so far away from its initial mention that the buildup and the expectation are no longer worth it. And I wouldn't nope, bring it too late now. No, well, I'm going to say I wouldn't bring it up if it weren't so difficult to have to go back around and try to edit the reference out. So we did, I'm committed now. Which is, I think I need theme music for another one of Nick's heartily related oversharing life stories. Yay! Nick's oversharing life stories, where Nick overshares, tells a life story no one needs to hear about, and makes everyone listening feel awkward. It's Nick's story time. Ba-na-na. It was worth it just for that. It's very short. You're just talk- So, first of all, I'm uncomfortable that you're openly acknowledging a habit that I don't think about, even though I do have, which is the fidgeting. Uh, so yeah, now you can imagine the two big fucking geeks criticizing other geeks, and the entire time they're do it, they're just like twitching around in their seats because they can't sit still and focus. Also, uh, when we were talking about editing the last episode, you, you pointed out, and I also acknowledged, that we, we both have uh, mild lisps and have no business uh, recording an audio show. Yeah, we are really sorry for all of the sibilance in our voices, but it's not anything we can do anything about. Yeah, well, I mean, we could buy better equipment that I think would compensate for that, but no. Why? It's, does anyone like, like this show? Are we going to get paid for this? I, probably not. Like, it's a labor of... Hate. It's yes. labor of love. It's not true. It's we, no. we're, we're doing something just so we can shit on it. The other thing is you're you're making fun of me for wildly swinging around this corkscrew in my hand when I was mad at you. So first of all, you brought it on yourself. But second, uh, I, I did once uh, when I was – I went to prom. I think it was my senior prom. And it was weird because I was with all my other like fun nerd theater friends. But there is this one guy who – was along in the group, and I never understood why. Because he was a major dick. And as silly as it is as an adult to, like, break down those artificial groups that you fall into as as high school students, he was a bit of a jock, you know? He liked outdoors and touching butts, because that was a reality to him, because he had a body that was physically acceptable, you know, things like that, and uh, when we were at uh, prom dinner together, he was sitting next to me, but there's this uh, this song, this comedy song, is, is The Only Gay Eskimo, which... Yes, I've heard, it's been a long time, but I've heard The Only Gay Eskimo. Before. Yeah, I remember liking it a lot, not gonna listen to it again, probably offensive, and... <laughs> There's a breakdown at the end where uh, the seals sing 
And my friends all thought that was very funny. And so we are all going, or, or, or. And as we're doing this, I'm holding a steak knife in my hand. <laughs> so I'm flapping my arms around. And apparently I almost stabbed this guy in the eye. And so it's really cool when you're at prom dinner and a big jockey guy pulls you in to say, Hey, buddy, you do that again, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. I'm like, what happened? I was I was just engaging in, in wacky frivolity. I didn't know. So that... That was, that's it. I just, you know, yes. I, I have a history of apparently accidentally almost stabbing people because I get too excited. You know, it's like history of violence where it's like the, do you find out that it was like history of violence? I didn't tell the rest of the story. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, then we'll just stop there. Except I have to, you were in, you were a theater kid. Sort of. I was a very unwilling theater kid. Huh. I have another segment, but we'll get to it in a little bit. I wanted to say... A lot of segments. Well, that's the show's evolving. Content! Content! So, I actually found the conflict believable. So, this is actually... I believe it's a real fight between physicists. Like, I think this is a real conflict. The theoretical physicist versus the experimental physicist. I remember in college, there's this great paper written by Pascal, um, which is all about... He's like, I have determined mathematically that the air around us has a quantifiable weight. And here's the experiment that you could do that would prove it, but no one needs to do it because I'm right. And he's like, if you did this experiment, here's what you would see. You just need to go up to a mountaintop. And of course, if you go up and you do the experiment and it doesn't show up like this, that just means you did it wrong. What a Sheldon, that Pascal. I mean, yeah, they had a lot in common. Love the Green Lantern. Yes, he did. Continue. I'm sorry. That was basically it. That was it. I was just saying, it's a real thing. You know, it's a real... It's That's what it made me think of. That wasn't a conflict. You described one dude. Well, no, I mean, I think uh, I think Einstein also famously said uh, to the guy Eddington, who, who did the experiment where he showed the black hole, or not the... Fuck, not the black hole. Who showed, like, the diffraction of the light from the star that proved that light was bending in a different way according to relativity than people thought... And they were like, well, what would you have done if you'd done the experiment? And it hadn't shown that. It would have been like, I would have made them do it again. No, that wasn't it. He didn't say that. He was like, what if... He was like, well, then God would have been wrong or something like that. I'm really butchering this, but you got to look up this quote. It's great. It's badass. Um, you should have started with that part, with the, the two people that were in conflict. You know what else <laughs> Pascal said? The that. silence of these infinite spaces fills me with dread. That's a real Pascal quote. So there that's why I talk about him, because he was badass. He said shit like that. That was pretty dope. Yeah. God damn. <sighs> Take that in. I can't, because of the dread. No. But did you want to expand more on the conflict, or is that... No, that's just my point. It's like, theoretical physicists are all like, hey, the most important part is the math. I don't care if you can actually prove this in a laboratory or whatever, or what the practical applications of this are. You know, I solve the nature of the universe. Fuck you if you can't figure out how to turn it into a toaster, man. I can see Sheldon say all, saying all of this. And then Leonard's like, but experiments, empiricism, it's the nature of science. I'm just, basically, I'm saying that there's a lot of deep methodological dialectic going on in this fight between Sheldon and Leonard in this episode, okay? I'm just trying to drive home. This is a legitimate way of thinking about it. Is the science real because it's been proved? Or is the science real because the theoretical underpinnings of the axioms have been borne out logically. Okay. Those are your choices. You know you know what I would do if uh, I were a party to that argument? What? Is after the other side had carefully 
laid out their case for for why their view of it was either more practical or more pure. I can be on either side of this because my rebuttal to any of this would be look at them and say, suck my <laughs> dick. And I'd, I'd walk away a victor. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play my own little game here, which is I have another thing that I want to talk about that could be its own segment. And I'm wanting to guess if it is anything like the next segment that you said that you were going to introduce. Well, this is not... I'm not introducing a segment. I was just going to... I found another oh. inter... It's a new... It's a continuity issue within an episode. God Kyle found it. another we, continuity issue within an episode. We do have this... It doesn't have part. anything to do with the actual plot of the show. It's not important at we, all. We except I noticed it. You don't need to do that. <laughs> Describe the, the continuity issue, please. So... If you look in this episode, which you would never do because then you would have to watch it, Sheldon has a laptop that's very off-brand for him, by which I mean there's no nerdy shit on the laptop. That's mostly what I noticed, is he was typing passive-aggressively into it. The only thing that was kind of nerdy on it was a space shuttle and an American flag that was upside down, both of which I thought were strange choices. So then, later on at the very end of the episode, it comes back because they're watching YouTube, although it's not actually YouTube, they specifically say YouTube. The computer, the de- the shuttle logo decal has been replaced with a satellite decal, and the American flag has both been moved to the opposite corner of the screen and flipped right side up again. And yet it's been less than two hours. that these things are just minor fuck-ups of production filming, I am going to insist that Sheldon, in a fit of pique, decided he was going to change out the decals on the back of his laptop, and for whatever patriotic reason, maybe Leonard hates America, and Sheldon knows that, and Leonard expresses his hatred of all things American by having an upside-down American flag on the back of his laptop, and Sheldon, because he's mad at Leonard, decides, you know what? I'm going to stand up for the old USA. And he flips that magnetic American flag decal right side up again, as God intended. Because he's a good American boy, that Sheldon. 30 seconds ago, if you were to ask me whether this segment and this explanation of the continuity error would be worth it, I'd have punched you. But I think you pulled it together at the end there, buddy. I, I do like this idea of sabotaging the anti-American element within within his own home. So it, it, maybe maybe that is the game we play is not just hey continuity error, but is there a subplot that would justify what you're only perceiving as a continuity error because you're not picking up on the subtleties of the relationship? Yes, that is the rules. I'm into that. I'm big into that. All right. If it never comes up again, that's also fine. But if it happens, great, because I think that is fun. So the other thing I was thinking of adding, which the more I think about it, the more I think it doesn't really merit its own section because it's too consistent. It's just like a given is creepy wallow its moments. Like whether yeah, they should... that's, not, that's not a segment. That's more like a drinking game you play when you want to get hammered. Is every time Wallowitz does something disgusting, you yeah. take a shot. It's like consistent enough that I think it always is worth mentioning, but it's so consistent that it's not special. It's just going to come up as a matter of fact. Yeah. Just hashtag Wallowitz is a, a creep. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, so we already talked about... Oh, so one of the jokes when people are controlling all the remote cars to look at Penny's skirt... One of those guys is Wallowitz. Wall. And that's, you know, that is what it is. Um, but there's another 
scene later on. When... Well, no, no, I'm sorry. I don't okay. want to. I, I just want to say this is a because again, unlike most of the problems in the show, which are not things that re- that a real nerds, no matter how creepy or obsessive, have actually done. There are real people who go out there with like little cameras attached to the bottom of handbags and like walk around the mall and swing them under like you know, 16-year-old girl's skirts. There was a 60-minute special on this that I saw. So, all I'm saying is, of all of the terrible things that are going on in the universe of this show, one of them we now know is that Wallowitz is flying a, is driving his remote control car around with a webcam around the halls and doors and whatever, wherever he can get a remote control car to fit, which is not actually maybe that terrifying, but we know we're only a few years away because we're in the future from drone technology, and God help all of us when Wallowitz gets access to drones. But the other creepy thing that he does in this episode is when uh, Leonard is presenting his paper at the conference before Sheldon pops up dressed like the Unabomber to ruin the whole thing and then they get in a, a literal slap fight, is Penny is there along with Raj and Wallowitz. Penny characteristically falls asleep during the lecture onto Wallowitz's shoulder and Wallowitz starts taking pictures of the two of them together while they're asleep. And I think that is pretty unnoteworthy as far as Wallowitz's creepiness goes. But Raj sitting next to them was very obviously disgusted by it. And then I'm like, why are you friends with this guy? Now they have reasons to not like Wallowitz. Like, he's gross. And Raj, who himself yeah. is probably a piece of shit is looking just like, what are you fucking doing right now? Why are you doing this? Like, the, the the judgment is real. Maybe it's not even a character thing. Maybe the actor, I don't know his name, was just there and he's like, why? I, who wrote this scene yeah. into the show? If I weren't getting paid, I can't support this. And we do find out that he's later set his Facebook page to a picture of him and... Penny with the caption, my girlfriend and me. Yeah, and when she confronts him about it, he he looks around to all his boys and he says, oh, here we go. It's time for the talk. Yeah, what does that mean? You, do you really no, not I know? know? No, I know what the talk is, Yeah, but I don't know why that's an answer to that. I don't get why it's funny. I admit it. I don't get why it's funny. Oh, neither do I. I'm just okay. Like, okay. Like, like, the- what are we? I mean, it's, it's, it's just wallow. It's being a sad idiot creep. I guess that's kind of funny. Uh, and that just reminded me of another thing, which is when Leonard and Sheldon are initially arguing about w- who is actually responsible for, for their work. Because that's another thing. They're not just fighting about why it is or isn't worth presenting, but Sheldon insists that it was really his idea and he was just being nice to Leonard to allow him to work on it and share some of the credit. Like who? Who do we know who's like that? Blaise Pascal. That's why I brought it up. But you didn't... You need another side for there to be conflict. <laughs> what are you doing at this point? <laughs> the dude who climbed up the mountain. He was the other side. We don't know his name, which kind of proves Pascal's point, doesn't it? They're arguing about who gets credit. Oh, right. And so they're, they're making fun of each other. And 
Sheldon says something mean. I don't remember what it was because his insult wasn't really that interesting itself. But I think it's Raj says, oh, my God, the only thing that was missing from that joke is a your mama. Oh, no, I know what it, I, he says. What other like honors have you thrown in the mail because you didn't right. think they were good enough to. It's like, do I even did I get a Nobel Prize that I didn't find out about? And I think Sheldon goes like. Oh, God, it is a bad joke. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't worth dredging up from my memory banks, but it's like, um, oh, God, I just said memory banks. You did. <laughs> I was going to let it slide. I haven't done that. It's the show. The show is seeping into my... I would never make such it a reductive robot joke. It the worst in both of us. But uh, anyway, he says, Leonard, don't take this the wrong way, but the day that you win a Nobel Prize is the day that I... Something, something aerodynamics on the tassels of a flying carpet. Yeah. Meaning carpets will fly. If he'd said pigs, that whole joke would have been much better. Because pigs flying is actually a thing that people use to compare to improbable events. No one ever talks about the odds of carpets suddenly flying. Well, no. But it, it, it it's the, the unrealistic... Chance of there being flying carpets and having this. Yes, we'd be in a fantasy genre. I guess we're saying a very specific fantasy genre, like the Arabian Nights. So he could have also talked, I suppose, about Dijin and, you know, Sinbad. You put a real hard D in that one. I, is it Jin? I've always just said Jin. It could very well be Dijin, which would really ruin my uh, idea or my shared idea. Boy, I've got a friend who might be mad at me in a very Sheldon Lender like manner if I don't get this one right. About a uh, detective who works along with a genie, I think the detective was going to be uh, an alcoholic, and together they would be <laughs> gin and tonic. Oh. <laughs> no, we're patenting. I'm listen to you, internet motherfuckers. That is uh, us. We own that now. I mean, I, I mean, I own it along with my my friend who I hope doesn't hate me. If we had the idea together, I'm sorry, no, Charlie. Gin and tonic is like I can just see. The fan art of that. Like, yeah, no, it's great. Like, I can see the genie and the fedora and the... <sighs> but, as far as that joke goes, that's not even the part I was thinking of not being funny enough. It was it was Raj's response about the, hey, uh, the only thing that it didn't include was a your mama. And then Wallowitz starts telling a your mama joke and doesn't finish it. Yeah, and it's be- a great setup for a your mama yeah, joke. Like, it's the setup is, your mama's methodology is so flawed... And then it just peters out, and someone interrupts. And I'm pretty sure that's because the writers couldn't figure out how to finish the Your Mama joke. There'd be no reason to not let that joke go through. Can you finish the joke? No, I'm not smart or funny. No, you got it. We got to Okay. Your Mama's methodology is so flawed. Suck my dick. <laughs> no, shut up. <laughs> Your Mama's methodology is so flawed. Your mama's scientific melody is so flawed that she thought the double slit experiment was about a three-way she had in college. That's not bad. That's not terrible. Yeah, the double Mickelson-Morley double slit experiment. That's pretty good. That's not Mickelson-Morley is the wave vacuum experiment. Sorry, those are two different experiments. Your mama's scientific methodology is so flawed, she tried... To resuscitate Schrodinger's cat. Not bad. Not bad. Okay, I'll try... I think we're at that part of the episode where we talk about the thing that stood out most to us. All right. I actually... I do have something for that. Please, please begin. Famous physics joke. 
This is not how they tell the joke in the episode. Okay. Um, is this your moment or is this a separate thing? No, this is my moment. Okay. Because I, I am trying to have mercy on you and wrap thank this you. up. Thank you, thank you, thank um, you. Well, two things. So, first is, a farmer is having trouble because his cows aren't producing enough milk. Um, and he's trying to figure out what the issue is. So, he calls in a physicist. And he's like, can you help me? And the physicist uh, stays the problem for a while. And he says, boy, I've got the perfect solution for you. But bear with me for a moment. You need to imagine spherical cows. So in the episode, it's spherical chickens. I was always taught spherical cows. And I swear to God, in some deep part of my bones, thinks the words spherical cows is funnier than spherical chickens. But I can't, I need to, I need to go to a, I need to confer with another person. I think that would be funnier because the image is funnier because chickens right? are already pretty close to spheres. Right? And so this was my thought, which is the Big Bang Theory steals a joke that is very famous. And if I have heard of it, then it is a very famous physics joke. Yeah. And fucks it up by changing the animal. Yeah. To Make, a slightly less funny animal. Steals which it, is changes sort of a, it, makes it worse. Which is sort of a great sort of just metaphor for everything about the Big Bang Theory. Man, that's a thing to watch out for from now on is the, the obvious and recognizable joke that they've managed to ruin. I like that idea. Uh, I have my own moment, which is... So throughout the episode, I think this episode was nice in that Penny was like... Pretty cool, like, reasonable, supportive person. You know, like, she's making fun of all of Leonard's clothes, but she has his best interests at the hand. She's, like, chilling this one. She's, like, being a decent person. But my moment isn't specifically her, but, like, she's shitty at the beginning when they're doing their experiment about sending the signal all the way across the, the, the globe back at them again. I really related to that because like that's such like a fun pure innocent thing to do yeah just be like we're we're a bunch of goofballs who we know that we can do this it serves no practical purpose but it's fun to do it's fun to know that other people are going to be involved well, no, it's we like just a have the same, science yeah it's just a bunch of people who are like have the curiosity and want to learn about it and test it out for no practical reason their innocence and purity was delightful, and I'm sad that an otherwise cool Penny had to shit on that. Yeah, right at the start of the episode, too, really sets her off on a bad foot. And that's even the episode ends with two guys in China who are obviously like Chinese Sheldon and Chinese Leonard, right down to Chinese Sheldon is wearing a Greatest American Hero t-shirt. And yeah, they're all excited because someone, in, because Wallowitz has hacked their lamp and he's turning it on and off, and I can just imagine, it's like... So even the show understands the wonder of it, but they won't let Penny in on it. They just hate her that much. Yeah. Well, you say it understands the wonder of it, and I guess they, they, they do to even make that kind of joke. But then, are they mocking or are they celebrating? At that time, I assumed they were celebrating, but I could be wrong. I hope you're right. I, I want right that to too. be the case. The other thing I was going to say... The main reason this episode, and I, it's part of the problem of the 28-minute sitcom, is basically Leonard and Sheldon just decide they're not going to hate each other anymore for no good reason. Like, oh, it's yeah. a series of escalating problems throughout the episode, and it gets worse and worse to the point where they're having a fight. And at the end, you know, they're watching their own fight on YouTube, and it's like, well, fuck it. Like, I have zero anticipation, like, that next week is going to start out with them still... Yeah, having issues with each other. No, it's just, it's it's all resolved through milk toast, insincere apologies, and the episode just kind of ends. 